Real World Radio Europe, a show bringing together what's going on in the 30-plus national member groups of Friends of the Earth Europe. With a European branch of the world's largest grassroots environmental and social justice network, Friends of the Earth International. I'm Paul. And I'm Fran. And for this edition, we're talking to our colleague, Magda Stotskiewicz. Magda has been director of Friends of the Earth Europe for the best part of 10 years. She's decided to step down and we caught up with her in her last week at work. We spoke about her reflections on how Friends of the Earth Europe has changed, how Europe is changing, and what her advice is for the future. I'm Magda Stoczkiewicz, and for another 24 hours, I'm gonna be a director of Friends of the Earth Europe. It's been uh, almost well, nine years and four months, to be precise. So it's quite a big chunk of my life. But even more, uh, the last 22 years I'm connected to Friends of the Earth one way or another. So that's actually my whole professional life that was with or around the network. I mean, it's definitely an end of a certain role that I was playing in Friends of the Earth. But it's definitely not saying goodbye to the people and to the network as such and to the values and strengths that the network brings. So, How do you feel now about your decision? to leave? Um, I still think this is the right decision. I think I've done my utmost. What I was able to give to for Europe, I think the organization is in a good place. And I also thought that it's important that there will be a new person with new energy to really challenge it further. So nine years and four months and... Five months minus 24 hours is a long time in the Friends of the Earth network. Um, How do you feel like it's changed over that time? I think it really matured in different ways. I mean, Friends of the Earth has always been an organization that was slightly different than other environment organizations. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we are part of the International Federation, that uh, whatever we were doing here, we were challenged by our southern uh, partners and uh, the challenging was sometimes very difficult and I think the network has been going through ups and downs in terms of building a coherent mission vision and values but that was done actually about 10 years ago and since then I think we've done in Europe we've done I have a feeling an enormous work to really understand and align to this mission, vision and values. And that's something that I feel like we've been, the groups and the whole network grew really into it. So that brings a a stronger cohesion uh, in the network. And when you say that we were challenged by our southern partners, maybe for someone who's outside of the Friends of the Earth network, these are other Friends of the Earth groups within different regions in the world? Slightly different political positioning? Exactly. And... uh, I think our groups in in the South, let it be in Latin America, Africa or Asia, 
they've been challenging us to realize much more the responsibility the European region has for the impacts that we are creating and the policies we which which are decided to large extent in Brussels actually or on the European Union level how much they impact their uh, countries their um, ecosystems their livelihoods and uh, so that that brought friends of the earth in a particular situation where we come to the environmental problems with a very strong perspective of justice and rights approach. And uh, that's been always very specific to Friends of the Earth, but I think that the last 10 years we've managed also on the European level to really internalize it much more on the group level. Is that what you would still see as Friends of the Earth's special role in Brussels going forward? Definitely. Definitely. And also the fact that, I guess on the national level that might be similar, but especially what I look for the Brussels office, we've been always very mindful and very proactive in building coalitions with other NGOs or other sectors. And knowing that that's time-consuming, knowing also that it compromises part of our name potentially in a way that, you know, We do things together, so it's not going to be only our logo on materials. But we've always recognized the the importance of doing things together with other NGOs and going especially beyond the environmental sector into development NGOs, into sometimes human rights, into trade unions. So it's not an easy way of doing things because in a way you can do things faster if you do them on your own. But there's... There is this saying, you know, you can go fast alone or you can go together and it brings you to the right direction. And these are kind of the shifts that maybe you've noticed at the EU level, especially in the context of the Brussels office. And I was wondering, if you, I mean, do you have any reflections on the kind of broader network of Friends of the Earth in Europe with 30, was it 31, 32? 33. I mean, 33, <laughs> there we go. I mean, do you see people, uh, groups working together more? Do you see groups within regions working together in a way they didn't used to? I think th- th- this is something that is, it has its ups, it has its waves, I would say. There are, that we've been doing joint campaigns where we um, had much better structure in bringing groups together um, to learn from each other. We are doing now the School of Sustainability where there is a lot of sharing and exchanges and I think this brings really groups to collaborate more. Um, we've been recognizing that we have groups of different size and different structures and that it may be beneficial to that they can share based on their uh, similarities of the structure and the, um, the size that they can share also exchange and skill share on the on the more uh, level and I think this is all happening at the same time I uh, you know it's very natural also that the national groups, are more busy on their national level and that they are occupying themselves more with their uh, local groups and how to get them active, how to make sure that they, the, their local level is, is contributing. And I still think Friends of the Earth has a lot to develop in terms of how we enable this sharing and, and exchanges more. You are listening to Friends of the Earth Europe's show at Rio World Radio. Are there any moments from 
your time as director that really stand out? Things that you'll always carry with you? I think there are many, many of those, and they are of different nature. I mean, as uh, as a director in Brussels, uh, of an office in Brussels here, you deal a lot with people and with people's stories, and some of them are happy stories, some of them are sad stories. Definitely happened when one of our colleagues, Helen Holder, passed away almost six years ago. So there is a lot of moments that actually are of a very human nature that I will take with me. The whole uh, job was really a huge learning curve for me on how to be a person responsible for an office here, for a network, how to take decisions even if they were difficult. So there is a lot of that, but I think related to the network, I will definitely always remember the two big gatherings we organized for the cops and uh, where we brought activists from across the network. The first one which I was involved in uh, as a director already was the Copenhagen in 2009 when we were planning all kinds of we had all kinds of ideas what uh, mobilization we can organize. We knew that we wanted to bring people um, to meet in Copenhagen to protest on the streets but the you know the the ideas of actual action were going from like let's do a Bahama beach it's climate change which I think someone um, recognized may not be a good idea because it's December in Denmark we won't name any names uh, we won't <laughs> name any names no uh, but I think what we ended up with was a really beautiful gathering of some 2,000 activists brought from um, all over Europe from our member groups, making a wave on the streets in blue ponchos. And that I remember that morning when groups of activists started coming and I was recognizing from their banners or whatever which country they were coming from. And that was, it was such a powerful feeling, you know, that we can bring people and that they... Together, they really recognize the strength of the network that suddenly they realized, oh, we are not on our own somewhere in Poland, Estonia, Spain, uh, Germany, but that there is really this network of groups with the same uh, climate demands. And the second one was, again, it was a gathering in Paris, COP in Paris in 2015, very different feeling because it was just a couple of weeks after the terrorist attacks, which I think is again this this almost ten years as a director we've been we are now facing really different challenges than when I started. I mean the exposure to to terrorist attacks in Europe is bringing much closer the fact that um, this is reality for many countries in the south. Um, and it brings much closer, closer the reality that if we don't cooperate, if we compete, if we look for scapegoats, it will only lead us in the wrong direction. So um, going back to Paris, I think it was another very special moment because after the, the, the attacks, we didn't know if we should continue with the mobilization and actually bring people there. The first couple of days, it was completely unclear what's going to happen. Will we be able to protest uh, on the streets or not? And then within a week or so, I found it fascinating to see how people kind of turn that dreadful situation into an opportunity 
to say, no, we are not going to be scared. We are not going to step back from our plans. We do want to bring people to be together and to, to demand climate justice. And we want to bring people to, to celebrate hope. And I think the fact that we changed it into another big activist gathering, this time uh, not on the streets but under the roof, that we managed to bring different people to do workshops, to be together, to um, share again. And that we also managed to find a modality in which we went on the streets, but in a way that, that was within the parameters that the French government put forward, which is not making a big demo, but uh, making small groups of people uh, writing on the map of Paris uh, climate justice piece was was really special, very special, very beautiful. And um, something that I will also take with me. And then I remember that when the day and evening unraveled of the event of the people's gathering in Paris, when I saw all the people really coming, uh, sharing, talking, discussing, and then uh, some testimonies of our southern colleagues about the impacts of climate change and music and joy and people really being together. I remember standing behind the, the big stage at the certain point just crying because the pressure suddenly went off and just the beauty of the thing remained. So yeah, there will be many moments, but uh, these two, bringing the network together, bringing our activists together to, for them to realize their activists be, you know, in other countries that are connected with the same goal is, is very unique. Um, I don't want to be negative, but when you look at the EU after 10 years of working very closely with it in Brussels, there's still very much business as usual approach in among governments. And, you know, the bold changes that we call for, we're pretty much always disappointed mm. with what we get. You know, going forward, how do you see EU policy making and the role of Friends of the Earth? And how do we get more how can we win more at the EU level? Friends of Europe, Europe was set up almost 30 years ago and it was because of the recognition of Friends of the Earth International that in European region um, the policy and politics is being done. A lot of that is being done in Brussels and a lot of environmental policies or those that have impact uh, on the South is done in Brussels. And I think that is still very much the case. While I agree that there is a lot of disappointment and we can really say that a lot of political leaders are not able to look and operate outside of the box and their re response to crisis is more of the same, I still think that the role of Friends of the Earth Europe plays is, is critical to tell the truth to the power, even if we are not listened the way how we would like to be listened. And I still think that there is a big role of doing that both on the national level and in Brussels with all the negative elements that we can point to of the EU. It's been a, a project of peace for the last 60 years. And I think we shouldn't underestimate that. And I'm very happy with, with the response that Friends of the Earth decided to do as a result because we are pushing forward 
the debate on future of Europe that goes beyond of what's being presented now by the European leaders. So it goes beyond of the structural question of more or less of the EU or what speed of the European Union goes much more into the basic questions of values and for whom the European Union should be and based on what values and based on what values and what principles it uh, it needs to be. And this is a question that uh, we managed to um, get on board more than 250 NGOs and trade unions behind the scenario on the future of Europe that is based on well-being, environmental agenda, social agenda, living within the planetary boundaries and a system that puts people in the center. Um, so not the corporate interests, not the growth, but all of those elements might be relevant to some extent, but we need to change the orientation of who is in the center. And I hope that if we manage to bring this discussion in Brussels, but even more on the national level, in national capitals, that people will start asking questions about the principles and values. And I, it's very clear that citizens do want to, people do want to discuss that. It's not only the issues related to their income or their, the economic system. It's definitely not a question about uh, more or less of the EU, but it's really for whom it is and how it's being built. If we manage to have that discussion going and, and force the political leaders to answer, to engage in these questions and to take it seriously, then I think we are on the right path to revitalization of the European project and keeping it as a, as a peace project. That also means that we need to talk much more about values that bring positive agenda, that bring hope, that bring cooperation that brings solidarity. So this joint statement that you mentioned, which uh, more than 250 organizations, trade unions, environmental groups, and so on have signed up to, I mean, we'll share a link to that when we post this. Um, but as you say, this sets out this kind of more, much more positive, sustainable vision of Europe that we want to achieve. And I was wondering, on leaving, like, what do you see needing to change politically to achieve this goal? And what do you think the role of Friends of the Earth in Brussels and also in Europe more widely would be to support that process? It's a difficult question because in terms of political changes, it needs a set of really courageous people who will start, leaders who will start talking a different language, who will start asking these questions and genuinely explore how can we get to Europe that is cooperative, that has the citizens in, the, in its center and that lives within the planetary limits and also within our fair share of resources, um, planetary resources, because for decades we've been eating up the resources that um, should belong to, to other regions. Some of them they still need to develop and they haven't had the same chances as the European region had. And that means also bringing, that means also that we need to find as a network, I think we need to find a modality to come, to get to people beyond the, those that are already on our side. And I think if, if I have one criticism of of friends of the earth way too often we've been just too comfortable sitting within our own circles and convincing each other while we are already the convinced ones 
Um, so we need to find a modality and tools how to get to people who may think the same, but they they are not knowing our positions and they they need to be also found in the where they are now. Their worries need to be recognized as well. And as much as the right wing populists are bringing are recognizing these worries and taking people with them with the wrong solutions with more negative agenda. We need to find ways to reach out to these people, find them where they are, understand their worries of, you know, losing their jobs, maybe losing their income, and accommodate that in the vision which we create for for Europe that is based on positive agenda and on environmental sustainability. So there is a job, there, there is a work, homework that we need to do as a network. How to get out of our own circles and how to challenge our own sometimes arrogance in thinking we are the right, we have the right solutions, the others don't understand. I wanted to ask you if you have any last pieces of advice, any nuggets of wisdom that you would like to leave behind. I think that would be the, my, my main uh, uh, advice That's you know yeah. friends of the earth has been looking in inwards and challenging itself and i think this is a very healthy thing to do for any organization and it's probably more necessary than ever in the current times that we look inwards and we ask how you know what do we need to change to really reach out to people who at the moment are not our maybe perceived as our enemies because they they vote agenda that is very different to ours. So um, it's not easy, but uh, I think that's something that I have a lot of trust that Friends of the Earth understands that challenge. You are listening to Friends of the Earth Europe's show at Via World Radio. Thanks for listening and to keep up to date with our network's campaigns, follow Friends of the Earth Europe on Facebook and Twitter and visit our website at foeeurope.org. Get involved with the Friends of the Earth group near you by going to foeeurope.org slash network. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or wherever you download podcasts. And follow radio stories from around the Friends of the Earth International Network at radiomundoreal.fm. See you next time. Bye. This was Friends of the Earth Europe and Rio Radio.